before I say anything, I must tell you about where I live. I live in India, nearby Calcutta. And this state is full of Bengali people. And Bengali is uh, one of the languages in India. And if you go through Google, you will find Bengali linguistic group is seventh largest linguistic group in the world. So it's a big group. People speak a lot. And I don't speak English. I speak only seven languages in India, but not English. Whenever you brother come to India, I try to speak English, but my English is not English. My English become Banglish. It's, it's a Bengali and English mix. So, but still I believe that uh, we have same spirit. And the thing what God has given me in my heart to share with you, the spirit will take that same things and it will it will go to your spirit. Uh, let's pray. Father Lord, thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the miracles. Thank you that how seeing and hearing how strongly and how mightily and how graciously you are extending your kingdom, not only in India, but also all over the world. We hear everywhere good news is. We hear everywhere how people are coming to the knowledge of Christ, how your kingdom is growing. And Lord, thank you for today. And you are open our heart so that we can see and open our ears so that we can hear from you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, I have hundreds of testimony to tell you, but uh, I'm going to share some of the things and then I will go in the word of God. As Jeremy was sharing about how I came to CDT1 training program and God transformed my life. I was involved in a big company and I was doing, a, I was their executive in Mumbai, one of the biggest city. But God transformed my life and then I came to CDT, after CDT I went back. I had a strong faith because word of God came to me. The word of God that Rajiv, I have chosen you and you are going to change the nation, you are going to touch the nation. And I was faithful. I went back and started discipleship program. No one was, me, was with me. Not a single pastor. Not a single missionary. No one. Even no finance. I had three dollars. In my pocket I had three dollars. And when I reached my home, I found Lily, my wife. She's wonderful. Still I have one wife because she's beautiful. <laughs> and Paul asked me to keep one wife. So... Still, I'm faithful to her and she's faithful to me. She's wonderful, helpful, and I have one son. He's 19 plus, 19 years and some uh, months, and he's doing his engineering uh, in aerospace. He just completed first year engineering. And I have beautiful daughter, one daughter. Her name is Ishani. And she's, uh, see, God has given him a word to become medical missionary. So she will be doctor one day and she will go all through the world to extend the kingdom of God. So when I reached my home and I saw my three months old son Ritesh, it was a great blessing to see. While I was here, 
I used to give thanks and God was raising my faith that one day you are going to see the fruits. And that was one vision God has given me that see, when you were transforming your life, I was preparing your fruits. When you were raising your faith, I was preparing the best fruit for your life. Today before I I speak anything, one word came to me. I, I would like to be faithful to Holy Spirit to let you know. The word for this church and for this community, God has given me one sense and understanding that I must tell you that you are by the sea and you are touching all the good waves and experiencing. Very soon, there will be, will be tsunami. There will be big revival and big restoration work will happen in this community, not only here, but all over the world through you. Please take this word. Amen. And I believe God is equipping you and to participate in that tsunami. So today's word, how God releases a man to reach his fullest potential so that he or she might be sharp instrument for the extension of his kingdom. I'm going to God give you some three, four points which helped in my life. The same thing I would like to extend to you so that you can use in your life and be serpent and God is going to use you because a big tsunami is coming. And you have to be serpent and you have to be prepared to participate actively in that revival and also to reach all over the world, not only in this Chicago and St. Charles. Uh, you know, God, God has been blessing you all through the, your year. God has blessed you beautiful son and daughters today we have seen. God has blessed you financially. God has blessed you good kids. God has blessed you good home. God is blessing you. I pray may God bless you more and more. But God also wants all of us to participate in his kingdom business. Not only to enjoy the blessing, the the thing what's, what our brother from Australia was showing is not only for you, but also that you will be the channel of blessing, blessing to all over the world. Not only financial brother, God is giving you word of God. God is giving you anointing. God has given you talent. So you have to just give those things to others, to other generations. So God, you know, but sometimes like Jonah, we want to... We in India, lots of challenges going on. Every time, challenge after challenge. Our federal government is changing their laws uh, day after day. And 90% of the law they are amending, those are anti-Christian. 20 years back, I used to go outside and organize outside big meetings, evangelism, other things you can't do now these days. They will come and they will beat you. And if you want to organize, you have to, you have to go through many permissions. And so one of the officers will say, oh, no, we are not going to give you. It's challenging. My son was traveling from, from my place to southern part uh, by train. And many Hindu people, they were just mocking him. Because he was Christian. He was protesting him. He was telling his faith. At last God saved him. So... Not only challenge in India, 
It's challenge in your country, brother. The challenge is in differently. Yeah, I can see how technology is changing, how worldviews are changing, how blue whale things are coming. And every, challenge is everything, everywhere. But uh, we have to be prepared. Sometimes we like to, uh, we say, God is too much challenging. I say, I can't do those things unless God never, God is going to tell you to pack your backpack and come to heaven. You do not need to be in it in this world. No, God is not going to tell you to pack your backpack. God will tell you in the midst of all these challenges, I will be with you. I will give you strength. You have to be faithful. Just stand there, go forward and you will success. You will have success. I have seen in, in my ministry, started with $3, I started discipling only 5%. And now I am overseeing more than 50 churches. Planted one church, brother. And discipleship program was with 5% and the finance was $3. We are, we are reaching not only our state, but also we are reaching other states, which is the most persecuted state in India. And not only these states and different linguistic group we are reaching, we are reaching another nation called Bangladesh, which is totally Muslim nations. We have six churches there. Last five years, we have planted six churches. So many challenges are going on. But the thing is, we have to be there so that God can use us. You know, I, I, I want to just tell you that sometimes we like to escape. Sometimes we like to go uh, backseat. Not, I'm not talking about physical backseat who are sitting today in back. But we want to, uh, you know, sometimes <laughs> we try to find, you know, escape to root, to go. Uh, we want to be, we want to be cold sometimes. So I, I'm, I, will, I would like to tell you one story. It's happened with m in my school. That, that school was Christian school. And there was, there was, a, uh, there was a student. He was good in all subjects, except mathematics. Mathematics, you say mathematics or arithmetic? British is mathematics. Uh, so the, he was not in mathematics. So he, uh, our, our school session was, it's, it used to start in January and it goes up to December. Just before Christmas, we used to write our final examination. Now things are changing. So uh, it was just before December and the examination day, date published. So he was a little worried. He was thinking that I know all the subjects so nicely, but I don't know much about mathematics. And then he got the date of mathematics examination. He, in the early morning, he started praying. He was praying, God help me, God help me. I don't know anything. You know everything. Just help me, God. And when question distributed in classroom, he found uh, first time he went through from first number question to last number. He said, I can't do anything. He tried second time. But at last he discovered he doesn't know, he didn't know anything to solve any of the sums. So he was trying to find some escape route because there is a Christmas just, just after examination. So he wrote to his uh, mathematics teacher one note on his uh, paper. God knows everything, I know nothing and Merry Christmas. <laughs> and he submitted that uh, you know, paper to his teacher and he went uh, to enjoy his Christmas. 
So there was 20 days vacation. He had a beautiful Christmas. And after Christmas, he came back and he came back and resumed his school and he was waiting for his result. And the result day came and he was excited uh, to see his other marks, but he was a little concerned what our teacher, his teacher is going to write or how much marks he will extend as a grace mark. Uh, so he got the result paper and he was going through and uh, after seeing all other marks and he found one note from his mathematics teacher. And his mathematics teacher wrote that God knows everything, that's why he gets 100%. You know nothing, so you get 0%. Very, very happy new year. <laughs> so you know, uh, challenge and uh, is everything. Every, everywhere you will find. But today I'm going to, uh, going to see some of the biblical principles through which you will be more sharpened so that you can stand firm in the midst of all those challenges. So that's, uh, let's open the uh, Bible. I say Mark chapter 5, uh, Luke chapter 5. And a verse comes from 1. Maybe we can go 1 to 10. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Genesareth. And he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sing. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and says, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John and uh, sons of Zebedee, who were partnered with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid from now on, you will be catching man. Amen. Uh, if you see the chapter 5, but uh, if you see just before where Jesus was, his position, position and his situation, you, we can go a little back. Uh, we can start from chapter 4. You will find in chapter 4, Jesus was in different place. We see Jesus was at Genesis by the sea and chapter 5 verse 1. If we see his position and location when we need to turn back to the chapter 1 verse 1. And then you will find he was in desert. In chapter 4 verse 1 he was in desert and he was in wilderness. Then in the verse 14, if you see chapter 4, you will find Jesus was in Galilee. 
In verse 16, he was in Nazareth in synagogue. In chapter 4. In verse 31, you will find he was in Capernaum in synagogue. In verse 44, you will find he was in Judea. And now, here he is in chapter, chapter in chapter 5, verse 1. But if you go a little, uh, little back in chapter 4, verse 1, you will find Jesus was in wilderness. Jesus was full of Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Now Jesus was in wilderness, but the question, who led him to the wilderness? The question is, who led him to the wilderness? You will find Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness. In this morning, in our life, sometimes we face wilderness. But what Jesus did in wilderness... He struggled with many, challenge, many challenges of his life and many, uh, many uh, tests. Sometimes in our day become like dry. Sometimes things goes, does not, it doesn't go rightly. Sometimes we say that I have been praying for a long time. I don't know what God is not go, giving me answers. We go through wilderness. This is how we find ourselves in wilderness. Now we need to understand why God led us in wilderness. Because God wants to teach us. God, God wants to take us a little farther in faith. God wants to give us power and strength. The same thing God gave to Jesus while he was in wilderness. He was facing opposite opposite power but he was using scriptural power against those opposite power and he 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 got power and strength if you see the next verse that you will find that uh, 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 jesus returned from wilderness to galilee with power so brother and sister when you go through wilderness expect that your next stage and your next step, you will get power and understanding. So wilderness is good in our life. I had a wilderness for nine months during my ADT, CDT time. When I went back to India, I was full of power and strength. And Holy Spirit used me powerfully. So wilderness is always good in our life. When you use the scripture against your opposite power. But if you are in wilderness and you will say, No, I will sit down, I will just pray and I will just, uh, I will just see. I will. No, you have to use the word of God against that opposition of power. And you will get strength of God. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's see the first principle, and here we can see the first principle in chapter five, which God uh, just taught me in my lifetime. I would like to just share that is solitude time with Christ is better than multitude of our life. Solitude time is better than multitude of our time uh, uh, of our life. See, Jesus was, what he was doing in Jensharath, he was preaching the gospel of kingdom. And multitudes of people were there. He saw two boats. He took one boat and he was preaching. 
And when he finished preaching, and when he finished speaking, he, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets to reach. But he was preaching multitudes of people. I don't know how many thousands of people were there. Just after finishing his preaching of kingdom of God, he just turned his face to a single person. His name was Simon Peter. Why did he change his direction of his face? Because Jesus knew that he is here and he has some purpose. And that purpose is to change Simon's life, to transform Simon's life, to invade his ethics, to change his worldviews. And he gave more time to this solitude person. See, sometime in our life, we need to do many things. In my life, I preached gospel to 15,000 people. That was the highest number in my lifetime. And more than 7,000 people got saved on that day. It's so wonderful, I thank God. But when I go for discipleship program, I find more results than 7,000. Because I see quality here, and I find quantity there. Both are good, but solitude time we need. You know, when we pray, worship in the church, such a wonderful, today I enjoy a lot. But we also need solitude time with God in the morning. And Jesus used to have this solitude time. If you see Mark chapter 135, early in the morning, Jesus was in the solitude place and he was praying to God. What he was praying? I think he had a good conversation with God. He, wa he wanted to hear from Father and he wanted to let Father know what has happened yesterday and what is going to happen today. God, just help me. Let me know. And you know, like your phone call, Simon came to Jesus in this early in the morning while, uh, while, uh, while Jesus was praying and Simon was telling, Hey Jesus, um, plenty of people are waiting for you. Will you come and preach the gospel of kingdom? Jesus said, no. I'm right now con having conversation with my father. I'm having solitude time. So brother, solitude time we need. Lots of noise in your life. Many noise. Everywhere noise. Family noise. Friends noise. Political noise. Tax noise. Your phone, your phone, phone call rings and your text is coming every time. These are noise. I remember one, well, uh, in Britain, one person uh, wants to call his wife. And in, in England, you, you know, they are famous for those telephone booths, red telephone booths. So he entered inside and he was yelling and trying to communicate, trying to tell something his wife. But he, so much noise was there, so much noise because of the traffics and cars and people were going, and he was unable to communicate the things, what he has to let his wife know. And suddenly he saw that one old man came and knocked the door. He just, he just moved his face and said, don't you see that I'm calling someone and you are disturbing me? That old man said, don't scream, son. Actually, I wanted to ask you 
Shall I close the door of this telephone booth nicely so then the dialogue, what you have, you wanted to communicate with someone, this external noise will not disturb your inside dialogue. We have many noise. Many noise. In my life, many noise. Many challenges, many things. Many, many, many philosophical things, many, many things we see, noise after noise. Multitudes to solitude. Give your time to Father, to Holy Spirit, and listen from Him. That will help you to sharp your life, to hear from God, to get direction from God, to get strength in your life. So that when you morning time, after early morning, when you walk out and go anywhere on the street, whenever you speak, the power of your speak will be different than other time. Whenever, when you, when you have solitude time with Father, and then you go and touch someone, he will be healed. Because Father will work with you because you know what Father wants through you in the kingdom of God. When you will go someone's home, I'm telling you, it's truth. Whenever I go someone's home, if I enter there, if I proclaim just one line, God, I'm your son, and you, by, your, by your grace, I become righteous, so I'm proclaiming blessing to this home. And I have hundreds of testimonies that God blessed those homes. Hundreds and hundreds I have seen. So solitude time we need. Sometimes we give time for multitudes, multitudes and multitudes. But we have to, we have to be serpent uh, when we give more time uh, solitude. You know, John Wesley, he was a great leader in Methodist movement, many of you know. Uh, see, in his 80 years of age, he said, I feel ashamed to myself that the laziness is finally crippling into my life. I wake up as late as 5.30 in the morning to spend time with God in prayer. See, 80 years of age, he knew he needed solitude time with God. So, the first principle to sharpen yourself uh, for kingdom of God to have solitude time with God and also give solitude time to your brother and sister, also to your children and family. Solitude time is very valuable time in our life. Uh, the second point is leave your past failure, run for fresh obedience. Leave your first failures and run for fresh obedience. The, see, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, solitude, put out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. Think about Simon. Simon is a big fisherman. He had loss of experience. He, he caught trucks upon trucks fishes. He know he, how to fish. He know what time in wh what place fishes are. And that night he didn't get a single fish. Now one, one person who was a son of a carpenter 
Jesus, son of a Joseph, he was telling Simon, Simon, put out your net in there. Simon said, come on. I, am, I did my you know, postgraduate in the university in fishing. Yeah, I know you are a good carpenter. I know you have, you have one company. The name of the company is Joseph and Joseph. And you have a good share market in, your, uh, in the marketplace. But you don't know fishing. I know fishing. You don't know fishing. Sometimes we get more confidence in our capability, capacity, intellectuality, and our experiences. Sometimes it becomes hindrance. Hindrance. We say, no, I know God. You don't know what is going on in this in this situation. You don't know this person. How, what type of person is this? You don't know the linguistic group in India. Sometimes I used to say, you know God, you don't know. This is different language. This is different challenges. This, this is different culture. Their understanding is different. My government is different. No, 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 God said. This is your understanding. So Simon knew that he did his post-graduation and with him John was there and he was doing his masters but still he didn't debate but he said Simon answered master we toiled all night we tried all night took nothing he, he gave some excuses he said whole night we tried we didn't get a single see the next word but at your word, I will let down the net. Yes, I have confidence. Yes, you have given me uh, many of your attributes, understanding, wisdom, knowledge, and all those things. But I don't have confidence on myself. But what you are telling, I am going to obey. So when your failure is more than your success, and that crossroad, Jesus comes to you and whisper in your ear, come on, now try with me. You failed, fine. Your failure is bigger than your success. But now try with me. What I am telling you, have obedience. Uh, there's two stories, but today I'm going to tell you one story. Uh, we have churches in Odisha where there is no road, no running water, no electricity, and nothing. And last several years back, there was a persecution. They burned more than 100 churches. They raped many women. They killed hundreds of elders and many Christians on the road. They kidnapped many. We, people didn't find bodies also. We lost one of the elders. He died. They came, one of the village, and they burned whole village. So people left their village, they went into the bush, in the jungle. They were there long time. And one person lost his father, who, who was one of our elder right now. His name is Christo. So one day I was sitting and with, in elders meeting and I was just encouraging him and his wife and kids and one of the another elder he said Christo persecution is bad isn't it it's not good in Odessa 
I still remember Christo said. The same word another China pastor said, but Christo said. You know, brother, persecution is not worse in this world. But disobedience is the most worse in this world. Here Simon was obedient. So if you are thinking that you have many failures in this crossroad, right now, today, God and Jesus is speaking to your ear and whispering, come on, try with me. Don't give up. Right now, I'm standing with you. Leave your past failure. Go for fresh obedience. I'm telling you, brother and sister, this is my personal experience. God has sharpened me for kingdom of God through these simple principles. Solitude time with him. And forget your past failures. Go for fresh obedience. When you practice fresh obedience, that means you already raised your faith towards God. And two more simple principles. That is, it's better to be blessing sharer than blessing receiver. See the same verse. What happened? And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish. When they obeyed the word of God, they had large number of fish. And their nets were breaking and they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. See, when you get blessing, see, the, if Simon got this much of fish, Simon could have said, hey, come on, we, we, we will sell this fish today. If we will not be able to sell this much fish today, we will put those things in a, uh, in a cold storage and tomorrow we are going to sell. If in third day, then third day we, we will again keep in the cold storage and we will sell and we will have millions of dollars. And fourth day, we will sell. If we will fail to sell within a week, then we will make pickle of fishes. See, that was not his attitude. But he was calling other partners, come help me and have blessings of God. Share. I'm sharing the blessings of God. It's always good, brother. God always bless you. But it's better to blessing sharer than the blessing receiver. When you receive and you close your hand, the brother was saying, you are closed. You are no more going to receive. But if your hand is open, you can receive, you can give. You can receive, you can give. It will come and it will go. It will come, it will go. End of the day of your life, you will go without finance. You will go with blessings of God. That's the truth. You are not going to take your money or property. You are going to give it. So it's always good to become blessing sharer rather than blessing receiver. Because God has already blessed you and God is going to bless you. The only purpose is He is blessing you so that you can bless others. You are the channel of blessings. So that's what, that's what they did. When you plant a seed, God knows how to increase, brother. When you give your giving, God knows how to 
transform this world upside down. When you give addition to your giving, God knows marvels of multiplication. It's a simple principle. And the third principle, I, I, this is the, the, the fourth position. It helped me in my church. Your church is wonderful, brother. It's wonderful. I'm talking about my church. You know, the principle is, it is always being better to be like candlelight person instead of flashlight person. It is always good to be a candlelight person rather than flashlight person. You know, I, 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 I used to go in a uh, Lutheran church and there was one pastor and he used to say, you know, we are the ambassador of God. We have to give light to the people who don't know Christ. We have to bring them to the knowledge of Christ. And that's good. That's right. Yes, we have to do. That's why God is, uh, today we are alive. But the my today is, uh, my, um, my principle is little different. And if I put full charge eight batteries, if there is no, there will be no light. And I, if I light to your face, can I and ask you, what color of my flashlight can you tell me? Will you be able to tell me? No. In my church, I faced this thing. I found three, three persons were there. They were flashlight person. They used to keep themselves backside of a strong light to hide themselves and used to give light to others and used to tell others that you know that person needs to change. He's good. I'm telling you just for your prayer's sake, okay? A pastor used to preach a good long sermon. That three person used to tell, you know, pastor doesn't know. He doesn't know our timing. <laughs> he doesn't know, understand, I ha we have to, uh, you have to drive three more hours. If pastor used to preach a small or little less sermon, then he, they used to tell, you know, he is not worthy to receive this much honorarium. If worship, <laughs> if worship leader is playing guitar from here, and after worship is wonderful, and after worship, he used to tell that the guitar, tuning of guitar was not good. I, I, I should not say, but that person was gifted criticizer that's not it's non-biblical word <laughs> he used to criticize only he wanted to keep himself under a strong light but what if if i will take a candle and lit here what will happen the candle light will give light surrounding but before that, candle will lose its shape, size, and beauty. Candle always lose its shape, size, and beauty. And we, without giving light to itself, candle will not be able to give light to others. That's the principle we have to have as a, in our life too. We have to be like a candlelight person that we have to give light to us. We have to lose our shape and beauty so that we can reach the kingdom of God throughout the nation. 
If you keep ourselves everything and give light to others, it's not possible. First, you have to give light to yourself. You have to test yourself. You have to evaluate yourself. That's why at the end, uh, Simon was saying, <laughs> Depart from me, for I am sinful man, O Lord. He was a candlelight person. He evaluated himself. He found he is a sinner. Many a time we are not sinner, but we need some encouragement. Many of time we need to encourage others rather than criticize. You know, I prayed. Sometimes pastors they do pray, like me. And we have also some sacred prayer. I'm telling the truth. I prayed, God help me. I'm unable. I, I, unable to, you know, uh, uh, solve this problem. Many things are happening in the church. You know, after two months, I came to know that out of that three families, two families, God transferred them far from our church. More than 2,000 kilometers. And I said, God, I didn't ask those things. You know, forgive me. God sometimes hears we pastors sacred prayer also. So I'm just making it. <laughs> and after one month, I received one letter from one of the family. He wrote, Pastor, we miss you. Pastor, we miss this church. Pastor, we miss the fellowship. Pastor, we miss the word of God. Pastor, we miss worship. Brother and sister, this four principle helped me to go forward in kingdom of God. First one is give solitude time to God. Second one, forget your past failure, whatever happened. Be obedient to God. Third way simple, Try to be more blessing, bless giver. And fourth is very simple. Be a candlelight person instead of flashlight person. Evaluate yourself first. Light yourself, light your family. Then light to the church. Encourage others. And I'm telling you, the word, the first word God has given you. Revival is coming. A big flood is coming. A tsunami is coming. That's why God is preparing you. You need to go through some of the wilderness. And the reason of going wilderness means God is going to give you more power and strength and wisdom and knowledge and patience. Receive this word. God is preparing you. God is going to ease you, use you to touch all the nations. Be blessed. I'm thankful to all the elders and thankful to Dan too. Be blessed. May God bless you.